got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. One, two, three! Ah. What's going on, Marks, Smarks, and everybody in between? This is Justin Davis welcoming you, you guys to the latest episode of The A Show on the RNC Radio Network. Welcome to the show. It's me, of course, and I have my co-host, my co-host here with me, Jamil Mills. What's poppin'? Yo, what's going on, man? It's been a full week of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super Related podcasts. I'm finally yes. and, and and good news and bad news in wrestling. We did an emergency pod t- two days ago about yes. the whole Daniel Bryan thing. That's this seems fun. <laughs> it's yeah. a fun week. Uh, it's been a it's been a really this is this will be the second time you you guys hear us for the within the last twenty four hours or seventy two hour forty eight hours. I'm sorry. 48 hours. Let's get our let's get our taping schedule <laughs> in advance, right? Yeah. You know how like WWE would tape SmackDown Tuesday and say, "Oh, in 48 hours." Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they mess up. Like sometimes they OD mess up. But I, they, that's the beauty of post production, baby. Like you'll never yeah. know. You never know. But uh, of course, you you've been doing a, a Dragon Ball Super uh, podcast called The Lookout, which premiered this Monday. This past Monday, and it's it's been doing great. I, I think it's it's touching on a on a an environment and a culture that isn't quite touched on a lot uh, within podcasting. I'd like to say just in advance, you've been doing one every day for the past four days, and you're gonna have a pretty big one on Friday. Friday, if you you know if you're a fan, we're talking about. Um, I have a guest. You know, I have a guest, and, and we'll get more into that. Um, with big news regarding the actual guest himself, and then we also talk about yeah. the movie, and we also talk about the latest episode and everything like that. So it's a pretty good podcast. So Friday, you probably listened to the Thursday one already. Hopefully, you've listened to the Thursday one already. But Friday one is going to be the one to listen to. Trust me. Awesome! I, I can't wait to, to hear that, and I also can't wait to watch the final episode of Dragon Ball Super for this run, this specific run, uh, on Saturday night for me. Um, you you kind of got me back into the show. Listen, and it's about to go off air once more. <laughs> so it's kind, of, it's kind of like bittersweet because it literally will not come back till 2019. 
um, after Tuesday's episode. So who knows what's going to happen? Or maybe it comes back earlier. Who knows? But there's a movie coming out in December. There's everything coming out. So um, we'll still be providing content through the entire quiet months of this Dragon Ball, you know, drought that we got going on. There's going to be a long drought. There's a video game. There's a video game out. Like, I, I think there's, there's a lot of content you could get from Dragon Ball. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very gloomy week as well. I know that you're stuck in the snow right now, Mills. And I feel like every time we record, there's some type of nat- natural disaster going on in New York City. I like it. I think I might go outside anyway. I'm being a little, I'm like trapped in this house and I feel like a yeah. little trapped within the snow. So I think we're just going to go out anyway. Um, but yeah, man, every Wednesday is a natural disaster. Every Nor'easter, this is our fourth Nor'easter in probably the past three weeks. So yeah. who knows? It's supposed to be the first day of spring, or at least yesterday. We get hit with six to 12 inches of snow. No biggie. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just New York. It's whatever. <sighs> scary. It's getting scary out right there. Yeah, it's a bunch of rain over here. Uh, we're, we're actually going to shout out to you guys. Congrats! We're having the <laughs> biggest rainstorm of the year, possibly of the year. Like, just they're calling it today that we won't get rain. And then I was saying this yesterday. Like, we'll probably get so much rain um, today or today and tomorrow that we won't get any more rain for the rest of the year. So I'm going to enjoy this. Congratulations on the rain. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, 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 bro, like. It, 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 <laughs> They say that it doesn't it doesn't rain in Southern California. These past this past month, it's rained literally almost every day. Man, I haven't beautiful. seen I haven't seen real sun since like I want to say the beginning, like the top of March, and it's just been crazy rainy. And now they're talking about mudslides and shit like that. So it's like we get fired. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For, forgot about those mudslides. I mean, <laughs> I forgot We're about those. We're on a shit. big ass hill. <laughs> I forgot about those mudslides. I got to look those up. I'm sure there's natural disasters. You know what? Let me not find entertainment natural disasters. Um, everyone, you know, be safe out there. Be safe in California. Be safe out here in New York. Be safe everywhere in between. Um, yeah, pray for us because it's, it's getting real serious. But what is what is also very serious is this week in wrestling. So uh, let's get started on the A show with no holds bar for this week. We spoke about it uh a little bit less than 24 hours ago, and a little bit less than 24 hours ago, it was announced. But Daniel Bryan has been cleared to return to action to the WWE. We uh, we went kind of uh, kind of small in, in depth on in our little 11 to 12 minute uh, emergency audio yesterday on the issue, and we'll get into his actual return on, on our SmackDown section of the show a little bit later. But it you know again, universal praise, universal love, universal over you know joy over that news this week and and i think that's again even a day later it's the biggest news in wrestling right now shout out to everyone who listened to the emergency podcast on tuesday um just the people tuned in it was very gorilla style it was very like literally j5 called me five minutes before it happened and then we just decided to put it together but man, it's still amazing news. It's still amazing to think. I don't think it's fully set in because we haven't got the match yet. I haven't seen the sort of like, you know, the the graphics of like, you know, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania, even though at this point, by the time we get to the SmackDown part of the show, we'll, we we know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's just, I, I can't believe it yet. I need to see Daniel Bryan in that old American Dragon gear and I need to see him back in the ring, you know, doing his thing. It's a, it's, it's, I, I love it. 
Yeah, I, I still uh, still get chills. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the SmackDown section. But yes, that's the biggest news of the week so far. The other uh, other big news, which it's kind of not true. It wasn't treated as big news, but it's a big deal to me because I think this is my favorite Hall of Fame induction so far. Uh, Mark he's Henry is... He might be the last one out of the group. So <laughs> thank God. I heard, I heard that Bam Bam Bigelow was going to be the last one. Ooh. So we still have one more. It's a huge class. I'm, I'm wondering how long the Hall of Fame actual ceremony is going to be this year. But um, Mark Henry is the, the latest entry into the, uh, the WWE Hall of Fame. Stellar career. Like, not, not, I wouldn't say stellar career, but mm-hmm. I, I think that it's been a unlikely career. I'll say that much. Uh, this, is, this is a guy who came into the WWE and he had a 10-year contract, if you, were, if you guys remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he, man, he's gone through everything. And a lot of people didn't think he'd last. A lot of people think that he'd burn out. And, and, and rightfully so. He had a, a lot of rough moments in his career, but he lasted over over a decade in the WWE. Over two decades at this point, just to be quite honest with you. Like, he's been there since, what, it was in 96? He's been there since 96. He's He's gone on. He's had a career. He became world champion. He had the great promo of his life with the pink salmon suit um he had a great run as ecw champion he he's had in in sort of the more recent years he's become sort of an ambassador to the company now uh he's helped recruit a lot of stars i mean i don't think people have or at least know just the the stars he's recruited i mean apollo cruz looks like it comes to mind formerly rich swan comes to mind a lot of guys that he's helped he's looked at and said hey you know this guy will work well in the WWE. Mark Henry is just more than just, you know, a guy who, you know, became the prominence for just the world's strongest strength for his world strength. He's really helped the WWE in the last, like, you know, five years. And I think he's just a, a great guy. And everyone who, who poured out their, their love to him after the announcement just showed him so much, you know, so much appreciation for what he's done for them. And um, I'm sure that we'll hear about it you know, in the coming weeks and at the ceremony, but who do you think is going to induct him? And, and I personally said, you know, think that it should be D'Lo Brown. I, we haven't seen him in years on WWE programming. And I think this would be the perfect time for D'Lo to, to come back and tell some really cool on the road stories with his, his homie. You know, it could be anybody. Um, it's kind of, I, I don't know. Um, it would be great if it was D'Lo Brown because we haven't seen D'Lo Brown in such a long time. I think it could also be Ron Simmons. It could also be, you know, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler is one of his first opponents ever. Um, it could be just a, a ton yeah, of what if, it's, what if it's Michael P.S. Hayes? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No. Good God, no. That, that was a cringing moment in his career. And yeah. it's a, Yeah. If, look it up if you haven't already, you know, learned about Michael P.S. Hayes and Mark Henry's relationship, which I'm assuming is better now. But, you know, yeah. So um, that just, just a huge moment, a uh, really good Hall of Fame package video as well. And I, I think that, you know, we're, we're getting we're getting a little long in the tooth <laughs> as far right. as this Hall of Fame ceremony. I'm glad I didn't get it. I'm glad I'm not going to that, but I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get a, a it's pretty, pretty long. It's going to be yeah. like a five-hour show. Like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's way too long. Um, the, next, the next thing on the slate this week is the New Japan Cup uh, finally came to an end last night. And we finally have a winner in a match for Sakura Genesis on April 1st. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. Zach, Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. 
uh, defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to become the first Gaijin to win the New Japan Cup. Um, very great match. It went 30 minutes. Um, in, in all, it just it just shows that New Japan is really pushing Zack Sabre Jr. as one of their premier um, outside talents that that uh, isn't you know primarily from Japan or isn't from Japan at all. And they've done such a great job on him this this year alone. They've given him big wins over some of their their biggest stars. I mean, he, during this tournament alone, he's beaten Naito, who you know just went against Okada at the Tokyo Dome in January. Yeah. And he, he's had some really great wins and he's had some really fucking great matches. And the match against Tanahashi is, is really, it's a match of the year contender. in, in my eyes, it's a really great 30 minute match. It shows just how good Tanahashi is and can be in a, in a role where he has to kind of fight from, from below, uh, against a guy who really just on the outset physically doesn't even look like he could hang, uh, so to speak. But Zack Sabre Jr. he uh, won the he won the match and he won the cup and of course when you win the New Japan Cup you get your choice of who you, what champion you want to face and of course he he chose Kazuchika Okada as his opponent for the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Title go and that match go home go big or go home yes that would be a, a spectacular match so I, I implore any of you guys to check out that match if, once you can. As far as the whole tournament um, in itself, I thought New Japan Cup was really strong this year. There were some really bewildering choices. Um, I thought Ibushi was going to be the one to win at all. I'm not mad at Zack Sabre Jr. winning at all either. I just wonder where the Okada storyline is going. Because with New Japan, they can give you all the great matches that you know that you can ever want. But I think what's mm-hmm. missing here is me caring about the characters that are there. And I feel as though as a champion... I don't, I'm not invested in Okada as much as I would be in Naito or Kenny Omega or, you know, anyone else on, on the roster. So I'm trying, I'm kind of interested in seeing um, where they go. Now, New Japan does have a show in Long Beach this weekend on Sunday, which I'm, I'm thinking I might try and slide my way into. Uh, Strong Style Evolved is, is going to be in Long Beach, and that's going to have the uh, Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks match, which should be absolutely fucking incredible. This all sounds great. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I thought you were going to ask me the question you always ask me. Um, I just figured I wouldn't even. I wouldn't don't, even. Yeah, don't. You know, I'm just. You know, I'm happy for Zack Saber Jr. There was a point a couple of years ago I saw him at an indie show or one of the evolved shows, really, and he became one of my favorite stars. And you know, kind of how. Um, after these events, they kind of sell their own merch. They'll be at their own table, taking their own money, collecting their own checks. Uh, you yeah. know, handing out. Doing all the mathematicals, um, and I was looking around at everybody, and there was Roderick Strong there. There was at the time Yuha Nation, which is now Apollo Cruz. There was a whole bunch of people, Moose, everybody, and you know, I gravitated towards Zack Saber Jr. and I got one of his shirts, and it's probably one. It's still, it's pretty good. It washes pretty good. It hasn't. It's it's an amazing shirt. Don't get me wrong. The quality is incredible, but it does not compare to the quality of his matches. This guy has it. And I think, um, you know, we saw him compete in the Cruiserweight Classic, or at least I did a number of years ago, and he's been pretty much on a tear since then. Right. And he's proven it here. I I think I I implore you as well, Mills, to go back and watch that match. But uh, he's not planned to be or scheduled to be at the Long Beach show, and that would be absolutely insane if he did. And and I actually, I do think that a lot of the reason why – 
maybe Ibushi didn't win is because they knew that they were gonna they were gonna have him go straight to fucking America literally right after this match, and he probably needs some time to rest. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other matches that are planned for Strong Style Evolve, other than the the big Young Bucks match, is Jushin Thunder Liger versus Rey Mysterio Jr., which has not been canceled, and and I think Ray should be ready to go for that match. Uh, in, you know, even after that. And you also have the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, uh, Jay White versus Hangman Page, which I'm not sure what the quality will be there, but uh, Jay White has not impressed me this year thus far in non-Kenny Omega matches. So we'll see. Uh, Moving on, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble, which is set to take place later this summer, is is going to be on the WWE Network. Roman Reigns let it slip this week that it was bound to be on on the big network as a big network special this this year in the summer. What do you think about that? Um, a 50 man rumble. I, I don't know if I, it depends when it airs, but I don't know if I have the time to watch a 50 man rumble. I'll just be quite honest with you. Like it's a, that's a, that's a big rumble, man. Like we had that 40 man one that was kind of long, but 50 man Royal rumble on the network. It's cool. It's a cool idea to put on the network. I think they should put more of these live events on the network. I think the MSG show that was a couple of days ago should have been on the network. Yeah. Um, I thought, and I thought that that would, that was, it had some pretty cool matches on there. Yeah, but I thought, like, this, you know, I'm happy it's on the network, but, man, 50 man, think of the 50 man royal. Everyone. 50, one, two, three, 49, 50. And on top of that, and on top of that, uh, WWE.com has reported that the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, Intercontinental, United States, the Raw and SmackDown tag teams, and the Cruiserweight belts will all be on the line. However, None of the women's titles will be on the line during this show. And there's been a lot of, not controversy, but there's been a lot of buzz that the WWE is not going to have any women on the show. And this comes in, in light of them letting uh, Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks wrestle each other in, the, in Dubai a couple of months ago. Which, um, was a, which was featured on the WWE. 24 documentary that we'll probably talk about pretty soon. Yes, and in, in the Greatest Royal Rumble is taking place. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm bugging. This shit is not taking place this summer. I'm, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I think, I think I'm thinking of something else. It takes place on the 31st. No, 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 no. I'm bugging. The tickets go on sale on the 31st. It takes place in April 27th in Saudi Arabia. So, so it's next month. We're tripping. But um, I think that's a bad move <laughs> if they don't at least try and, and get these women on the show because as, as you know, and this is completely transparent, like the WWE is taking, they're, they're actually getting money to, to throw this event in Saudi Arabia. Listen, I just expect Jinder Mahal to finally become the Royal Rumble winner that he probably is going to be, or he probably should have been. I don't know. Um, listen, expect Jinder, Jinder final two, maybe final two. I don't see winner, maybe not winner. You don't care about the women? Are you, are you still in, are you still in their, their, their not, them not being able to get over the top rope? Um, in terms of the women, I think there's a probably I want to say there's a reason for it. I, of course. Be, I mean, it's, it's taking place in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it would be great. I mean, maybe it's in the best interest of the women. Maybe. It would be in the best interest of a company that is pushing women and a women's revolution. Mills. It would be in the I, listen. I don't know uh, everything that's going down in Saudi Arabia. But I would like to think, as a company that has a lot of firsts in women's history, 
and who's done, as you said, the Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks match, who's done the first ever Women's Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, all this other stuff. I would like to think there is a reason why they're not on it. And it's not simply they're not on it because they're just, they don't have any time for them. I would like to no, think. No, it's because in Saudi Arabia, they don't allow women to actually even compete in sports and they have to cover themselves up, like, uh, you know, from head to toe. I care, but it's also it's it's also the custom of the country, and I don't think WWE wants to necessarily try to. I'm sure they've tried to negotiate and see what could happen, and maybe just things just fell through this time. I hope that uh, I, I really hope that they they make a push as they did in, in uh, the UAE to get these women on the card in some capacity, if not to just get Asuka or and someone else on the card, because I'm pretty sure that they, you know, she'll be a champion and Ronda Rousey will be in some capacity there. But it's, it just seems a little bit weird that the women aren't, aren't on this show, which leads us into the WWE 24 special Empowered, which is literally all about <laughs> the women. And, and I put these two next to each other uh, on purpose because you have, a, you have a show here on 24 that is all about the women's revolution and all of these, you know, and, and it's a great special, you know, it, it's a great promotion for the WWE for, for what they've done as far as putting women in, in this spotlight. And I know a lot of people can say they should have been, they should have done this already, or they should have been more, uh, they should have been more revealing about the bra and panties matches and shit like that. Like I get that. I well, understand they've that before be. they've, they've done that before. They've 100% done that before. There was another WWE 24 about the women's evolution that I think, I don't know if a lot of people necessarily saw, but it's a great documentary and it's leading up to WrestleMania, I believe 31 where they cover a lot of different storylines. They cover um, sort of, the, the end of the divas you know the, it was at 32 that might have been 32 um the, sort of the end of you know the bella's run and how that happened and then they sort of covered you know the beginning of the divas championship transition to the women's championship and women's evolution and wrestling yeah. and this is kind of like the next step in that and this is the second part of the, the women's royal rumble is possibly the biggest thing that they've done for women ever in wwe history um they make sure to note stars i thought you know fabulous moolah was left off which i think was you know a, 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 a touch that says, okay, they're listening and they're actually respecting people, but they, they highlight a lot of stars. Do you, think that, do you think that erasing her completely is the right move? I, don't I think, think right now, yeah. I don't think they're erasing her completely, but I think just of the, the recent backlash, they're not mentioning her right now, but I'm pretty sure she's still... She's, she still will be noted throughout WWE history. I just think right now, because of how everything went and the news outlets and Snickers and all these other things, that they were just like, okay, we're stopping from mentioning her right now. It's kind of like how um, after the whole Hogan debacle, they tried to really edit him out of shows and edited him out of documentaries. And it's now they're starting to incorporate him a little bit more and say his name and, and you know, not be afraid to just talk about Hulk Hogan in a bit. But I thought in going back to the WWE 24 documentary, I thought it was really amazing. I thought it was really good. It gave us a great behind the scenes clip of all these generations of women getting together for the Royal Rumble. Um just their interactions. Um, it's uh, everyone's thoughts, everyone reacting. You saw absolution. Some and, really cute moments. There's, yeah. there's some really cute there, like Kyrie Sane finding out that she's going to be in it. Uh, you also get a really cool segment with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Yeah, uh, that's what I was about to talk about. Yeah, it's a 
all the way from Tough Enough 2 and their first major moment is being in this Royal Rumble. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just their journey over the last two years. And, you know, they went over, you know, just, I don't know. It was just a great documentary. It gave me kind of chills, honestly. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed the, the, the segment with Ronda. And I, and I think more than anything, if you were ever doubting that Ronda wanted to be here, watch the special because that you can't fake that. Like the, the, how happy she was when she walked behind that curtain after the Royal Rumble. And she just had this giddiness about her. And even when she was watching, you know, the whole show from that truck or that, that sprinter that they had her in, and she had that mm-hmm. big ass clothes on. But like, it was just a really cool moment for everyone. Even when they watched Oscar versus Nikki Bella at the end, like such a great moment and, and such a great, and, and it kind of strengthens Oscar's win as well, because it shows that, this wasn't a tall, leggy blonde that won the Royal right. Rumble. This was someone who's not even from America, who doesn't, you know, who can't, who's not super fluent in English, but she's, she's talented, she has a character, and she has charisma. She's everything that the women 10 years ago, uh, you know, they, were, they weren't, and so to speak, you know, and, and that, that shows a lot uh, of, of where they've come from. And I really, I really did enjoy this episode as well. It's a great watch if you're just it's on the weekend, you got nothing to do. If there's during the week, if you're at work like me and just want to watch something in the background while you're plowing away doing random stuff. Um, it's a great watch nonetheless. And it's a great learning experience. And it's a great look at the women in WWE and how far they come. And I hope they continue to make documentaries like that because I think they're going to continue making history over the next umpteen years. Right. Uh, so let's get into Raw. Uh, which was a which emanated from the the American Airlines arena, I believe, in Dallas, uh, and they had two nights in, in that arena. And as you can tell from these crowds, like the the, the crowd on, on on SmackDown, completely different from the crowd on Monday night. Listen, <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, they the crowd on SmackDown didn't know what they were going to get. But you know what? It, it, it's a it's a nice treat. It's a it's a it's a learning lesson to everyone that make sure anything can happen in WWE at any time and just be ready. Well, they but didn't I'm, know, but they were they were up. They were completely up. Like the the SmackDown crowd was way more up on SmackDown than they were for Raw. But because um, Raw started off in the most unbelievable way possible. Raw started <laughs> off in the most, and you know we've been talking about this work shoot thing for a while and how it's you know it's kind of doing a lot. This was this broke the parameter of doing a lot. This is this is broke the the mood of scale of doing a lot. Like it, it, so, you, so you did not enjoy. And, and what we're talking about is uh, the the opening segment of Raw, which was at least twenty minutes long, uh, opened with Kurt Angle basically saying that Roman's still suspended and Brock isn't here yet. He's on his way. Uh, Roman comes out, he cuts a pretty good promo, and he's been cutting really good promos every week. I'm not even going to lie. This seems but, so, to me, and it, I'm just going to say, to me, it seems so rehearsed, literally. Yeah. It's like Kurt Angle's just like, Roman, what are you doing here? Like, come on. <laughs> like, all right, come on. It, it was obviously, everything was sort of ran down, but Kurt Angle's kind of a goof in itself, so it's kind of funny. But And, and of course, Roman, uh, he, he he does the the the... Big spot where I want to call it big, where people get a, a folding chair and they sit in the ring, and the show cannot go on because there's someone in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and they get the U.S. Marshals, some of Dallas's finest racist U.S. Marshals, aka Listen, Indy Talent. 
big race, big racial looking, you know. But you know, look, go on, go on. The U.S. Marshals. So they come out. They come out, and I think I, I really feel like I, I I didn't see it as it happened. I, of course, I, I I was watching this on on Pacific Times so three hours later, but I was like, oh no, they're really gonna do this spot because it's like on a on a week where you all you're gonna have Daniel Bryan come back, you're gonna basically take a spot that happened when he was going to be in the WrestleMania main event as well. So they well, hand- so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all know it. I always feel like it's definitely when it happens to Triple H, you've got to know as a wrestler, kayfabe wise, it's always fake cops. I mean, he's the number one employer of fake police. Like he's, <laughs> he, he's the 50 cent of wrestling. Like he's, <laughs> he's the number one employer of fake police. Um, So he's like, but with this, it was just it was supposed to be a work shoot. I thought the U.S. Marshals were a bit step over the line because I was just like, if this was any other guy, if this was the hurricane, would you have called the U.S. Marshals? If this was Finn Balor, if this was, you know, a cruiserweight, would you have employed the U.S. Marshals? I think it was just like, listen, let's just stay realistic with it. Let's get some cops, some cops. It's don't have- yeah, it's off the and- wall. It could have been regular suited cops. I think the, like the U.S. Marshals would have shot his ass. One hundred percent. None of them were armed. It, it, it made no sense. They came with handcuffs. They handcuff him. Then at some point, this guy's like, "I'm not real. Don't touch me. Come on. That's not how it works." So he just, just knowing the just knowing the racial like it, it was a little tone deaf. Just knowing was- the, the the racial stuff that's going on in the world. It's like. You're gonna get a uh, U.S. marshal to handcuff this, you know, person of he's color. He's not black. Yeah, he's a person of color, though, and it's like then he then he elbows one of them. And, and oh one my of them god, he beats the hell out of all three of them, handcuffed. And it's like how could it's like this is the reason why Roman is not a sympathetic babyface. See, this is the yeah, and handcuffs. This is the reason why you. When you want to convince your friends whether wrestling is real or not, you have them watch the Ultimate Deletion, and you don't have them watch the opening segment of Raw, <laughs> because that was way more unbelievable than whatever Matt Hardy's you know ocean of you know renewal or whatever it was. Come on, man! <laughs> Lake of like, reincarnation, bro. Lake of reincarnation. I, I only watched it once. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was way less believable than that. The man beat the hell out of three U.S. Marshals while handcuffed. Legit dislocated one of their jaws, which was the shoot. best news of the week. It was as I, a I, shoot, as a shoot, their asses. And 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 we're we're like kind of like we're 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 staying on this part because like I had the same issues with, with that Mills did with this, and um, I think that like we we were this is a, this is one moment where we're both like okay, this is just fucking absurd. Yeah, but so he beats their he beats their asses, you know, handcuffed, and then Brock Lesnar comes out and he proceeds to beat the fuck out of Roman Reigns. He, comes with a bop. he came with the bop, and the bop in his step was the realest thing Brock Lesnar has done in months. Yes, Where he he was hungry. He was like, "Oh, I'm about to eat." <laughs> And he came through, beat his ass, gave him an F5, a really impressive looking F5 in the handcuffs. Uh, he gets, they do a stretcher job, second stretcher job in the week, or the first stretcher job of two this week. And um, they, they just basically, Brock comes out at least three more times and beats his fucking ass. Um, it was a bit too much. And what happens is basically the crowd started cheering for Brock. And I think you did not get the desired reaction that you Crows wanted. Crows love brutality. Yes. Believe they love it. It's, it's, 
it's the same shit. It's the same shit that that um that Braun Strowman did. And and my my also also my thing is like Roman has survived way worse than this. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. He's been in a fucking ambulance. He got flipped over while he was in it. Do you expect me to believe that he that this is like well, was it he in the or was it did he just pull down the the the, the set Kane or was it both of them? It was just on Kane, right? It was just on no, it was on Kane and Brock, but still this is incredible this is like completely unbelievable in terms of how roman reigns think i hope they handcuffed him to the to the gurney <laughs> or something yeah. like, <laughs> like it's, it's just it was ridiculous it was a ridiculous kickoff to raw um do you think this helped anyway we're gonna we're gonna do a, a big blowout um just just background and flashback of roman versus brock in two weeks before uh wrestlemania but do you think that this is helping? Do you think that this helped? I, I really think that, like, as we go on, I don't want to see these guys touch. I don't feel like we need to I see. I think that was the point. But I think it's the point for Roman not to get his hands on Brock. I think they really want to build um, Roman Reigns not getting his hands on Brock or not really until it's WrestleMania. And it's the big moment and the big coronation of Brock Lesnar. Or Roman Reigns, sorry. The fourth coronation. You can you can only have one. You can only have one coronation, bro. This is the big one. <laughs> of course, in WWE's eyes, you forget like they they saw the first three ones. They erased it off the whiteboard. They they marked this date. They've circled it. They've underlined it three times. And it's like this is the one. It's, it's sad, and I, I think it's really sad they have to do this. I, I really enjoyed the. I wasn't a huge fan of the work shoot angle. I wasn't a fan, like like I said last week, was not a fan of Brock not showing up to these shows, even though he was he was promoted. He does show up here tonight. I thought it was I thought it was effective and not effective at the same time. I, I think it, it, you're you're getting diminishing returns here on Roman. And again, I feel like this is a match where the person you want to be cheered, he is not going to be hundred percent loved. I think you just need to go ahead and do the fucking match. It's the same shit I said about Seth Rollins Triple H. It's the same shit I said about about Roman's uh, last uh, Triple, H. Triple H. Triple H. Yeah. It's like just get the fucking match over with. You don't need to make him sympathetic. Like it does not work. People do not see him like that, and they will. They are going to boo him in New Orleans, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, yep. It's literally going to be the same shit. Um, speaking of a. a a, another big match with someone that's going to get their big moment. Nia Jax finally gets her one-on-one WrestleMania match with Alexa Bliss. Thank you, God. And they had a tremendous, and, and they, I feel like they rebounded this week in that segment that they had where um, Alexa Bliss and Asuka finally had their, their second match. And I love how they don't bring up that Asuka beat her in January. Yeah. But they had a match. Uh, I, I don't think Asuka and Alexa have good chemistry whatsoever. I think uh, Alexa may be afraid of getting hit really hard. <laughs> and that's possibly why they don't have this chemistry. And I think it's the you the best Asuka matches or when her opponent comes as hard to her as she is to them, or at least tries yeah. to make up the gap in between. And Alexa Bliss is just not that type of person who wrestles. She's the type, she's, the, you know, the chicken shit heel. She's the, the girl who tries to find the way out of it. She tries to do that. And I respect it, but yeah, this was not, you know, one of the better encounters, but I'm very glad that Nia Jax, we, this led to the entire thing where Nia Jax comes out. She comes out to, I don't know if it's a big pop, but it was certainly a reaction, um, to her coming out and trying to get her hands on both Mickey James and Alexa Bliss and Kurt Angle in the back 
um, after Alexa Bliss tries to complain, says, you know what? You're facing a, a Nia Jax at WrestleMania for the Women's Championship. And and I have to say, I really do love the build. It's been a quiet, not a quiet build, but I, I do think that this build has been, it's been subtly built. And I, and I think the Enzo thing kind of fucked it up a little bit because I really do think the breakup was going to happen because of the Enzo thing before yeah. that happened. And it set it back. But there have been seeds of this happening for a while. I'm glad that it gets a, a proper payoff since, because I feel since like- last summer had to be, since about last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there have been there have been signs of this happening for quite a while, and I'm I'm really interested to see what the what they do with this. But like, just looking at the sympathy level between Naya and Roman, Naya looks like a sympathetic face, but she also, in a lot of ways, still looks strong. Yeah. Where whereas Roman does not, and and I think you I think you know you put these two characters side by side. And you kind of compare how they've been pushing them. And it's like, you don't need to push Roman like that. If you're going to push Roman as a world beater, push him like a Braun. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's what people see him anyway. Right. I think this WrestleMania, I don't know. It's, it'll, it'll expose a lot of things. It'll, it'll show yeah. a lot of things. Um, it's going to be a great WrestleMania for Simone's anyway. Remember last, like in 31, where all of Roman's family was angry because he didn't get the belt? Yeah. <laughs> That's but, it's like, ready. but was he really ready? You know, even we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about this in, in, in two weeks. But um, speaking of Braun Strowman, Braun's WrestleMania direction, are you, are you fucking with it or are you, are you just kind of off it? Like right it's, now, it's, there's, this is the cool down part of his career, I think. Um, I think they tried to figure him into something big, but I think also the momentum, I don't think they would have been able to keep up with the momentum unless they put him against like Triple H or they put him in the main event. So to me, this is sort of a cooling off period. This is a kind of a period where Braun Strowman does get some development, but he doesn't get necessarily the moments that he was getting before. Um, So I'm kind of okay with it, but I'm not totally interested in it, but I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, whoever his partner is, I'm looking forward to it, even though it looks like it's going to be Elias. But yeah, it's probably going to be Elias. Uh, this was actually just announced as well uh, a couple of minutes ago. Christian and Edge are going to induct the Dudley Boys into the Hall of Fame. Oh, OK. I think Christian should make a fight for getting clear, too. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. No, fuck, fuck that. I love Christian. What are you talking about, man? No, I can't do that. But uh, and- <laughs> not because- <laughs> send, him to, send him to another set of doctors my friend come on like come on you're, you're an edge mark i'm christian's fine where he, he's fucking at doing sci-fi <laughs> what is he doing bro i need i need to know that christian's okay and making money and not just doing podcasts like me <laughs> bread, bro what do you mean the podcast shit it pays well for those two <laughs> um but I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I, again, I'll always say this. I will always say this. Braun does not need a big belt. He is someone that can be interchanged into any type of storyline and not win and still look strong. Him being a tag champion at least, at least gives him something. I'm fine with it. I don't think Braun's going to have the tag titles for that long anyway. And I also don't think he's going to be on Raw that long either. So I'm cool with whatever they do with him. Yep. Um, the, the next big thing that happened on Raw was the Cena build to the Undertaker match, which Ugh. was moving slow. Yeah. Moving real slow. 
this man isn't senile. John Senile is what I call him because he clearly has no <laughs> idea what is going on. He just wants this match. Um, I literally forgot what he said in this segment. I just know he kind of went out there rambling and screaming because yeah. he's been doing that for probably the last three weeks or so. Um, and then Kane came out, and then I was just like, oh, I think I, there's never been a more disgruntled groan than when you're in the middle of a promo that could be intriguing, and then Kane comes out. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, God, we're doing this again. But you know what? You know, whatever. It's a, it is what it is. Cena um, was, was kind of annoying here too. He was really annoying on promo. He was super annoying, man. It's in, get Undertaker. I, they could have shot a lightning bolt. I would have been fine with that. They could have made the ring shake. They would have been fine with that. They could have made it rain in the arena. I would have been fine with that. Anything but Kane. Anything. And now we're getting a Kane-John Cena match next week. But uh, during this promo, John Cena basically reiterates a lot of the points he's been saying for the past two weeks. Undertaker is a coward. Undertaker is, uh, he's not the man he said he was. He's not a god, etc. He doesn't believe any of it, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like they're, they're trying to heal um, John Cena. And I, and, I, and I love Cena because he can play like the Tanahashi role where he can flip between face and, and heal wherever the dynamic takes him. But here it's like, again, just like with Roman, you don't have to lean so hard into the shit. Like, we understand. And, and I know it's hard making a face versus face. This is probably harder than Roman and Brock because you have to make a face versus face match where, I mean, even if, even if Cena gets a little bit of that, I don't even feel like he gets that Roman hate anymore. But, like, you still have to make him, you know, undesirable to the crowd. But it's, it, to me, it's like, we know this match is happening. He doesn't need to come out every week and do this. We don't even need a Kane match. My only intrigue here is like, what era of Undertaker are we going to get? Like, I, my my dream, the same, my one. Hope, the same one. I would hope. I would hope that, like, let's say, like, okay, okay, this is pie in the sky here. Okay, so Undertaker he comes out as old Undertaker, like with the gray gloves, right? Yeah. Cena, like Cena, beats him up for for a minute. He, you know, they they have a back and forth match. The lights go out. And then Undertaker like goes under the ring, does a costume change, <laughs> and he oh, comes no. back. <laughs> you trying to make him into Charlie Haas? What is wrong with you? you to make him <laughs> he comes back as, he comes back as American badass Undertaker after the lights turn out, right? So it's Cena beats every era of the Undertaker, and then they finally have the final match with like old broken down old man Logan Undertaker, me and Mark Calloway with no like face paint or anything like that, and they have a fight. That is a terrible idea. That is it's a great an, idea. That's an idea worthy. I'm surprised I didn't say it. All right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a terrible idea. How did this? All right. I'm looking at the YouTube. You know, I got to go. The YouTube stats report. How did this segment get 2.4 million views on YouTube? <laughs> this Kane what, and the, John The Kane um, and John Cena one. John Cena, is John Cena getting beat up? It has to be. It, that has to be it. Maybe he, maybe they linked it to the Kids' Choice Awards sort of thing, and maybe that's why he got I don't know. Um, another big viewer was, I don't know, we could mention this in passing, Ronda Rousey and Dana Brooke. Yeah, Ronda Rousey actually did not have a presence on the show this week uh, to, the, to the live crowd on TV. She didn't come out afterwards uh, in a kind of a dark segment with Dana Brooke, which is someone that I actually kind of like, I was kind of thinking that she probably should kind of do a couple of things, physical things, that it should be against someone like Dana Brooke. She came out uh, 
I didn't like the segment at all. I, I don't know. I didn't, like, I didn't like those weird Stephen Seagal block the hand. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> kind was, of thing, and the kind of like pause for like five seconds, and I was like, just Dana, move your hand, like just move your hand. <laughs> like just move your hand. What is wrong with you? But it's, you know, it is what it is. It, it was it was pretty bad, but it's rough. It was it was a really rough segment. Uh, I'm glad it didn't play to the to the, the TV audience because I think it wouldn't come off well. But what did come off well was the the video package that she had um, during the show, where phenomenal, it, great great video package, and she actually talks about you know her her losing those those uh, those matches in UFC. It was a phenomenal package. I think it's a great way to summarize Ronda Rousey. It showed real emotion. Um, Kurt Angle was there, which was great. I thought it was a great, you know, just to keep you remember that, hey, they're tag partners here. They're together. And they're they're Olympians. They're Olympians. They're Olympians. You'd like to think they've trained with one another or they're training with one another right now. Um, Yeah, it's just I thought it was a great segment. Yeah, super, super good segment. But what we all came to see and what we were waiting for for like three hours, I was literally like going home, looking at Twitter, seeing if it had aired yet. Because I'm thinking like, how, you know, how long is this segment going to be? This didn't air until like 1050. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate deletion between Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, which I know a lot of people were waiting for this. And I know a lot of people hold a lot of stock in, in what the broken character was in 2016. I personally, I saw it as kind of like a gimmick and a fad, and it's been exposed as that. Even when you get it in a kind of like a bigger corporate environment where Matt doesn't have that creative control, this is what it becomes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, impact is a completely different animal. You can't expect him to have that control here. Like I, and and the thing is like, would it even translate other than a, other than the crowd chant and, Safe to say that Ultimate Deletion does, didn't live up to the final deletion. And I don't even think the second one, they didn't impact lived up to the first one. But it's a hard thing to follow. Like, I just, yeah. I just don't know what people expected. I, I thought it was, it was serviceable. I think it's the best thing Bray Wyatt's ever been a part of. I thought it was cool. It had a couple of cool callbacks, but I didn't think it was anything like amazing. I'm just glad it's over. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I didn't actually see Jeff Hardy's appearance in it until I saw it online. I don't know. I must have missed it. It was but, it was so quick. It was literally like two seconds. I, I I didn't see it at all, but it it was kind of all right. It was cool. I didn't like the whole he lost to the twist of fate on the grass. That seemed kind of stupid. <laughs> but uh, especially after all this brutality and the guy almost getting killed by a lawnmower. Um, yeah. But you know the more it is of what lawns, it is. The more of lawns. Okay. The more of lawns. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Um, you were you you were never really a big like broken woken t- guy at all, right? No, not really. Um, I respect it, but I was also to me, it's Matt Hardy um, had had this period in the mid two thousands when he was having these phenomenal matches, like before when he was with MVP and when he was US champion and when he was ECW champion, just having these phenomenal matches, and that's probably the best of what I liked about Matt Hardy Um, to me, the broken character and like everything that happened after that was kind of like him being a mark for himself. And he is the biggest (laughs) mark for himself. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think anything compares. Like, I don't know if he even has the amount of fans that are much of a fan of him as he is of himself. Um, So that's always just been my thoughts on Matt Hardy. I've always been a Jeff Hardy guy. Yeah, I, um, again, I, I've always thought of the broken stuff is like, 
I don't get why people get so upset that it's not what it was. I'm like, it was never really like, it was a moment. It was a moment that gave impact really big ratings. It was a moment that was cool. It was different. It was counterculture. But that's literally all that it was to me. Um, Ultimate Deletion, it it, uh, it started, it's a very hard match to even recap. Um, A lot of crazy shit happened. Um, Yeah, I don't even remember it. Oh, I don't remember yeah, most of I, I, I can only, they, they went from a ring to a cemetery looking thing to the, the dome of, uh, fuck, what's it called? The dome of reincarnation, I think. No. Dome of deletion. Dome of deletion. Dome of deletion. It's the lake of reincarnation. Dome of deletion. The dilapidated the, city. The dilapidated city where you saw a callback to Bray Shack that got burned down. Um, and, and I think what people missed was a lot of the, the cameos and stuff like that. And honestly, come on, guys. Like, you think WWE is going to like, they're not, they're not, you know, pointing up that money to do that. Like, this is something that I'm going to pay Shannon Moore to show up. Like we can't see Shannon Moore show up in a one off. No, absolutely not. I, I, again, it just wasn't super impressive, but at the end, as, as Neil said, uh, break, it says twist of fate. He gets thrown into the lake of reincarnation and he disappears. So we will see what happens with Bray Wyatt. If he gets a repackage or, or not, um, I don't know. Where, where do you think Bray goes from here? And now that he has been deleted, I don't care. I really, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like it's, uh, anything, it could happen, and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, interesting. He's not turning back to Husky Harris. Everyone return to Husky Harris. That would be stupid. Um, but yeah, he might just that. he might just have clean dreads for once. Like that might be it. Like he need to go somewhere and take care of his family. Shit, that's what he needs. <laughs> That's, that's the biggest the biggest uh thing that he needs to go take care of Very but, uh, yeah that was wrong uh, i thought it was a it was a cool it was a, it, it was a, i didn't feel as though it dragged i feel like it was a, it was a pretty brisk three hours um it was a show it was a show it was nice it was nice uh but let's get into just a, another just a show uh which actually got its biggest ratings uh since april of, of uh, since actually, no, I want to say since April or is it like tw- the summer of 2016? I was reading uh, SmackDown actually averaged 2.8 million viewers last night and it was up 4.2 percent because the return of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan returned, they made a good start, they made a good um, they made a good decision to put him at the beginning of SmackDown, even though I was running late and I hope they didn't, but. <laughs> They made a good decision. He had a great speech. It was kind of like that wasn't uh, a promo. That was not a promo. That was that was a that was like you said. That's a speech. And um, I big ups to, to Brie Bella. I think someone who deserves a lot of the credit because he he does mention during that during that speech that she was the one who pushed him to go to all of these doctors. And we mentioned this on, on our on our audio last uh, yesterday. He had been trying for two years. He went to every single doctor, sports doctor, neurological doctor around, and he was trying and trying and trying for two years. And, you know, she, she's the one. We find out like, uh, last night that she was the one who was pushing him to do it because he was, he was about to give up. Put him in the ring. I'm ready to see him back in the ring. I mean, we saw him back in the ring on, 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 on last night. So maybe yes. we should talk about it in terms of the whole closing segment with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Yes. So the 
build of the show was that Daniel Ryan um, was going to seek retribution or actually take care of the, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens issue with Shane McMahon that happened last week. And, th- and this was a completely different show that we talked about. And I think SmackDown now is a completely different show now that, that Daniel's back. Because when we finished the show last week with SmackDown, we were like, okay, well, we were, we were talking, we were like, where, the, where, where can this end? If Brian's not going to wrestle, <laughs> how, the fuck are, how the fuck is the storyline going to end? But um, in the end, it, they came out. Uh, then Brian had a, another tremendous promo. He was on fire all night, I, I'd say. It's, it's just as far as just being a performer. But he fires Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn after a really good promo. Uh, yeah, he didn't necessarily want to in the beginning, but it kind of made sense. He was like, listen, you guys tied my hands. Like, we gave you a WrestleMania match. We gave you everything that you asked for. Shane McMahon. Was, he left. Yeah, he left. So what you did was unnecessary. So now I'm going to fire you. And then, and then after that, it, when they hit Brian, bruh, I was like, wow, they pulled those punches. Yeah. It, first it was wow, but I know they were pulling those punches. I saw Sammy Zayn was pulling those punches. You could tell he did not want to hurt Daniel Bryan again. Um, they, they, they were pulling the punches. I know, um, they did a special angle with that halufa kick where you didn't necessarily actually see it hit Daniel Ryan, but yeah, it's good to see him things getting physical at least again, like things getting physical, things happening. That's amazing. Those um those drop kicks in the corner had me cringing though. I I really wish that Brian would stop doing those drop kicks. Um, but he seems like he has a way. I'm, I'm you you watch the way he lands those drop kicks and he kind of he holds the rope. He holds yeah. the rope. Does it to do the to do, to do the complete flip to not yeah, to cool. not fully land on his neck yeah but the but the speed like he's not lost his fucking speed at all yeah like it is it it's like I I I I don't think you'll hear a pop uh, that huge well maybe when he comes back uh, in, WrestleMania in WrestleMania but the pop when he fought back insane. I, I almost wish that they wouldn't have stayed, that they wouldn't have revealed that he was he was cleared until that segment happened because it would have been a bigger shock. I think it would have been a bigger shock, but I think they were looking for that rating. I think they were looking for those eyes. I think they were looking for those, you know, as they linked to the USA Today stories. They probably they probably sent a, a good press release to all the news outlets, you know, the USA Today's, the Up Rocks, the E News, the everybody talking about this to sort of build that, you know. You have to think it's like, is it good enough for, is it good to have this surprise for the fans or is it better to get all the press that we can out of it? And WWE wants to press. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not mad at them announcing it because I think they broke the story first, but um, I I just think that it would have been, it would have been fucking dope if they, if like, just imagine you see him get hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you doing? But I, I, I saw a lot of people really like concerned and worried about Brian's health, and that he, you know, a lot of a lot of jokes flying. And I'm like, the guy's like, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, he's fine. He, if he's cleared, he's cleared to do what he's doing at the speed that he's doing it, and at the the, the cadence that he does his moves. And I cannot wait to see what what happens next. I, I think that I think the tag match is coming. I think it's really crazy how this WrestleMania card is turning out. This is really looking to be on paper the greatest WrestleMania of all time, in my opinion. It's going to go eight hours. 
they're going to be like, you know what? We need one more hour to contain all of this, and everyone is going to groan simultaneously. Well, Russell Kingdom was almost seven hours this year, so I'm I'm rock hard. Let's do it. WWE is going to be like eight hours, eight and a half hours. This is going to 1 a.m. Everyone's going to be, where is it again? It's in New Orleans. New Orleans. They can go to 1 a.m., right? I'll be tired. I, I might have to take off work the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. It's my birthday. My birthday is actually the next day after WrestleMania. So I'm oh. not gonna be birthday anyway. Oh, beautiful shit. All right. Let's get it, man. Um, yeah. but, uh moving, on to, moving on to the, the next uh big angle on SmackDown. Uh you had Charlotte Flair losing to Natalia on TV three weeks before WrestleMania her WrestleMania match with Asuka. Um, did you find this weird or did you, did you like, did you not get yes. it? Cause I, I completely understood it. I found it weird, but I'm trying to see where they're going from here and what's the reason with it, because it didn't seem like it's going to be explained this episode, but it might be explained in the future. Maybe they're setting up a huge rematch where Charlotte goes over, but I really don't know. What do you think? What's your I, thoughts? I, I think with what happened there, it's too old. I believe that they're trying to create doubt for Charlotte that she can do it. Um, cause you have to create a story here because Oscar can't carry all the promos, but you have to also say, okay, Oscar's undefeated. So if you lose, if you're losing on TV, what makes you think that you're, that you're ready for her? Like if, if she's taking on two and three chicks at one time, like she's done with absolution and shit like that. Like you can't even handle Carmella coming out and, and you getting rolled up. I, I think it's a really cool story that they're playing here. It's kind of unlike what they're doing with AJ and Nakamura. But it's, in, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's the same, but in a lot of ways, it's different because Oscar's undefeated streak carries so much of this program. But I think creating doubt, like they have to make someone in this match an underdog in some way. And I think making it be Charlotte is, is a great way to do it because she's actually good with her facials and she can actually make the audience believe that she created some doubt within herself. So her taking a loss here isn't bad. It was a screw finish. But I do think it will set up possibly Natalia being the first title contender uh, for Asuka when they come out of WrestleMania. I think they shouldn't. To me, they should set up where Charlotte definitely feels like a threat because these two have not faced one another at all in any prior match. They missed okay, they've done that, though. They, they've done that. She beat all the right squad. Wait, no. But I think they should set up where Charlotte is a threat to the streak. Where Charlotte has the potential to end the streak. Charlotte is one of the best female professional wrestlers out today. And it doesn't have to be, she can be the dirtiest player in the game. She can be all these other things if it comes to ending the streak and retaining her women's championship. That's what I think they should go with. But, um, that, but that's the doubt because it's like you you can't have two, like you can have two dominant, obviously, it's title versus streak. But I think it's a better character story. And I think it's a stronger one because it's, it's stronger than, and I think that's why they chose it over Alexa because Alexa wasn't really believable in this role. She's like a, she's like a shit heel, but you create that doubt where it's like Charlotte has had everything. She has had all of like she Charlotte's saying like I, I was always ready for this. I always wanted the challenge. I always wanted everything. You create that doubt within her, and that really makes her character better when she eventually does lose to Oscar and does lose the title because it's like I thought I was this. I thought I was the queen. And then you bring her back down and have her build back up to Asuka again, maybe in the summertime, but in, in lieu of Asuka facing maybe Ronda at SummerSlam or something like that. I, I think it's, I, I see what you're saying. And I see, I, I see making Charlotte a dominant face here, but I think that the past three months have already given you that. I think now you got to break the character down so that she can bring herself back up at WrestleMania and give herself that, uh, that boost again. 
but in three weeks, I don't know, man. Um, it's possible. Yeah. It's the biggest. It's the biggest women's. Uh, it's the biggest women's storyline on SmackDown, so they got time. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about the U.S. Title Three Way being official between gender? I, I don't expect to spend much time on this, but it's going to be gender. Uh, Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. This is a match that should have happened in like 2011. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Like there's just three oiled up muscular guys just wrestling for the thing. And I don't mean to make it sound as, you know, as as weird as it did, but that's that's pretty much a prototype of everyone who came after Randy Orton. Jinder Mahal is a Randy Orton clone. Bobby Roode kind of feels like a Randy Orton clone, even though he's like three Jinder is not Jinder is a worse wrestler than Randy Orton. But he comes from the same branch off the the tree of like wrestlers made post Attitude Era. Like they come okay. from the same build, they come from the same mold, they came from the same. I'm a heel, so I'm gonna wear suits and talk down to you. And it's the same with Bobby Roode. They all come from the same, you know big weird tree of professional wrestling so i just i don't expect anything really from this match i i don't give a shit um <laughs> i know it's i know it's not going to be in the pre-show i think this this is going to be the match that opens the show hot 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 cold mid hot hot, hot. <laughs> i think it's going to open the match. um but lastly on <laughs> Lastly, on SmackDown, uh, AJ Styles versus Nakamura, they they haven't they've been slow burning this. And again, I say this because, like, you know, with a disclaimer that like we're all in on this match. Like, we're not judging this storyline or this build because they didn't. Honestly, they could have these motherfuckers off TV for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'd still this match because it's fucking happening. But this week we had another really solid match between Nakamura and Rusev. And we're starting to see some of the storyline of the one-upmanship and the competition between AJ and Nakamura, yeah. where AJ kind of took his sweet time to try and help Nakamura after the match, and Nakamura took care of it by himself. And I think that's a really cool, and in, in a way, it's, it's it's kind of diverging from the Charlotte Oscar uh, build, which I which I said last week was very similar as far as the way they presented it. But I, I think it's diverging into a, a, a kind of one-upmanship between Nakamura and AJ that leads into a, a real competition. And, and I think that's the best way to do it if Nakamura isn't going to be taking up the brunt of the uh, promos for this program. I just want the match. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care. Like, I know people are like, oh, this is so underwhelming. I'm like, dude, like, years ago, Edge was fighting Booker T over a Japanese shampoo. And we've come full circle since then. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, 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 like, this is a match that doesn't need a sell. It doesn't need a sell whatsoever. We know these guys are the fucking shit. I, yeah. And I, I think the only thing I would really like is a, is a really cool video package, like a five-minute video package just telling us why this is important. And I think, that, I think they're going to get to that. I think it's just too early for it right now. Right. But uh, actually, this week, I completely fucking blanked out and I forgot uh, feedback. So I'm really sorry about that. I blame it next week. Let's do feedback next week. Let's do a really cool poll this week, though. Yeah. I also forgot about the poll, so you're not the only one alone. <laughs> Daniel Bryan hangover, guys. It's the Daniel Bryan. Uh, the Mixed Match uh, Challenge, the finals seemed to be a lot to me. Um, the They had a vote to bring back a team that had lost before, and they brought back Finn Balor and uh, Sasha Banks, which is a really cool storyline. Uh that they can play into the MMC because I really do think that Miz, I, I mean, it's pretty much a lock that Miz and Asuka are going to be going to the finals they're after the finals. Match. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a lock to be in there, but the storyline is 
they could be facing the the team that they put out two weeks ago, three weeks ago um, at the at the last mixed match challenge uh, in Finn Balor and Sasha Banks, which is a really pretty cool match that I, that uh, you know, in my opinion, I really don't think they're going to have Oscar and Charlotte touch before Mania. So I do think that Bobby Roode and uh, Charlotte will lose to Finn Balor and Sasha Banks next week into the finals. Imagine you're a superstar and you're just like, yo, I got to prepare for WrestleMania week. And you go through the entire show, SmackDown, you go through the entire thing, and then you're like, fuck, I have to wrestle Mix Match Challenge on Tuesday before WrestleMania. Fuck. I just <laughs> um, want to go I'm also, I'm also about to have a kid, by the way. Fuck. <laughs> That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting storyline going into Mania too. Is uh, Maurice um, basically you know being that's in the real life? It's real life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real life. Oh, not so you know what I mean. Like you know I mean? it's gonna be a very interesting you know turn of events if that if she ends up going they'll, they'll take that. But I think that if you give Finn and Seth fifteen minutes on on Mania, mm-hmm. I think we'll be fine. We'll be we'll be good in, in that sense. But. Uh, what do you think about this potential finals between Finn Balor and Sasha Banks and Miz and Asuka? Which I mean, they're there. I mean, there's a bunch of storylines there because Miz and, and Finn will be facing each other potentially on Sunday. That's Sunday anyway. Yeah. Uh, go rescue dogs. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but and you know, I I gotta I have to eat crow because I said I said Vince ain't saving them fucking dogs, and now I'm like ah. Here we fuck. are. Here we are, them damn dogs, man. It's fucking insane. Um, so two or five live. The main event is set. It is Cedric Alexander versus um, the main Mustafa. Event off the kickoff show is set. <laughs> wow, you think you really think it's going to be kickoff show? Yes. Wow, 100%. they're crowning a new they're crowning a new cruiserweight champion. Yes, kickoff show. Yes. How long, the kickoff show. How, how long has it been since Enzo? Two months? Three months? It's been January 25th, so it's been almost two months. Wow. Yikes. So it'll be almost, almost damn near four by the time we actually get January a 20th. Whenever that 20th anniversary of Raw was. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I thought it was, I thought it ended up being this way as well. Um, Cedric Alexander, obviously, I think he's my shoe in to win the whole thing. If he Usos it. get kicked off of the Mania card for the Cruiserweight title match, they were actually going to flip. They're going to flip this time. They got to flip. Like, the, it, and no offense to the Cruiserweights, by the way. No offense to the Cruiserweights. I just think it ends up on the kickoff show. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm not complaining. It's a long ass show. They, there's there's room for everybody on this on the show. Uh, yeah. There are two fucking battle royals that are that are bookending these shows, which they. I feel like they. I, I honestly felt like they were going to do the two battle royals. On the kickoff yeah. show, thirty and thirty is possible. Yeah, yeah, they could. They and could. I thought it was a two-hour kickoff show. It is a two-hour kickoff show. Yeah, so they they could definitely do one on the first hour, the other on the second hour. That just sucks because you're going to have Sasha Banks and Bailey <laughs> on the kickoff show. They know where they are, and that's they're not happy. I can tell they're not happy. Um, but I mean, I feel like there's a match coming out of that though. It's a match, but it's not on WrestleMania, and I think I think that's the reason why they're not happy. They're probably if I if I assume I know who Sasha Banks is, and I don't know her in real life, but there's no way she can be happy about being on a kickoff show at WrestleMania. They're doing. I mean, they're, they've been in the past too, though. 
You know, like they they give give Nia some shine. It's time to give Alexa some shine. Yeah. Give Oscar some shine. It's Oscar's first WrestleMania. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree. Spread the love. Spread all the love around. They they've had they've had the Rock. I mean, even with Becky Lynch, they, they've had the Rock for a while. They can, they can do this. But Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali is going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match. Do you feel as though they're they're more behind Ali than they are Cedric at this point? I feel like they they've really come around like three. Like, the fact the, I think the fact that they got Ali to this point to me all the momentum in the world because they were on Cedric before. I mean, they were Cedric was I guess the next in line just to challenge Enzo, but I think Mustafa Ali is just. I think the fact that since Enzo left and they've just decided to put everything in him and the momentum he's built, I think they're way behind Mustafa Ali. And I think they should be because he's one of the hardest working men on that entire show who hasn't actually got his fair, you know, shot. His This will be his first true cruiserweight title match and it's at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I... I'm just glad that, that you know we finally have a, an ending to this, and and I think 205 has kind of been a Cinderella story, and I'm I'm hoping that in any way, shape, or form, that what happens at WrestleMania kind of puts the light on on this brand again, and it, it kind of rebuilds the faith that we had when it first debuted, and you know they've been working really really hard, and they've treated the show like it was something, and they've treated the show like you know they've they've really taken this reboot very seriously, and I hope that they're able to even with the influx of new stars that they're able to, to really bring the show back to what, what we thought it could be when it, when it debuted. And I'm, I'm very like, even, you know, bigger than two or five live, like we're going to have a lot of call-ups after WrestleMania and we see how big this show is. I'm super concerned about like, you, you got guys like Mojo Rowley, you got people like uh, Heath Slater and Rhino and Ty Dillinger, like, where are they going to go when, when the Alistair Blacks and the No Way Jose's and all these people like come up to the main roster? Because that's imminent. I think they find a way. I think they if, – if you're – I said it before. If you're in WWE long enough, they will find something for you. It may take eight years like it took Zack Ryder. It may take, you know, umpteen years like it took Heath Slater. Um it may take, you know, almost 10 years like they took Naomi, but eventually they get to you. It's all about if you choose to wait or not or if you choose to find something for yourself down the line. But I think it's going to be a stacked roster. I don't think yeah. we're going to – I don't know if we'll have how many call-ups, but I think it's – especially when you have Daniel Bryan back, like who you're calling back up now. But it's like, I think I think, I think Bryan is going to be – like you said yesterday, I think Bryan's going to be like, like – big time show guy. I don't know if he's going to be performing every single week on TV. I could see that. I could see that. He also probably stepped down from the role of um, general manager. And I'll be interested to see what happens after that. I, I, I would love him to play the Kurt Angle role. I, I think he could play the Kurt Angle role, do a couple house shows. I, I, I really think, because the thing is like with Brian, you have a couple of set feuds that you could have with him. Miz obviously being the first one, he needs to he needs to just go ahead and get shit back on the SmackDown after him and Maurice have some time off, and and come right back to that. I think that's the match that everybody wants to see. I agree. If it's at SummerSlam, I'm probably going to buy that super expensive ticket to SummerSlam. <laughs> I mean, you got you got Brian Nakamura, you got Brian AJ, you got Brian Miz, and and even with call ups potentially, <clears throat> even before that, you got Brian Seth. 
they've had great matches before. Um, you've you got Brian Cesaro again. You, you've got a bunch of places that you could go with Daniel Bryan. And with the WWE itself, I just think the roster of these people on this on this brand and on the, in this company, some of the greatest that we've seen. I'm just worried about will we get a wealth of riches and how we're going to break down the you know the the heel face dynamic and just the the amount of personnel we have here. It's just we're going to be very interesting past um, past WrestleMania how they how they do these storylines because right now I'm seeing and you know we say this every single year it's like it's the new generation it's the new generation it's the new generation. This WrestleMania, for real, is really the new generation. This shit is amazing. Everything is different. All the they're creating the stars that they've been trying to create over the past year, a couple of years have been created. They figured it out. Somewhat. I, I still think they gotta work on Finn and Seth, but we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but yes, that that has been the A show for this week, a very busy weekend in wrestling. I, I think it's gonna only get crazier as we get closer to WrestleMania. But of course, we will be here with all of the updates, even if we gotta get on the phone and record some crazy shit this, this week. Um, but things are looking up in the world of wrestling, and things are also looking up in the world of RNC Radio. If you do not follow RNC Radio live right now on Twitter, you should go ahead and do so because we will be having the updates on our on our greatest and latest playlists, like our G Minute playlist and our very popular Bow Wow playlist that still gets retweeted <laughs> to this day, um, as well as our as well as our other podcasts like RNC Radio with uh, myself and Josh Pease, the A Show, of course. We also have the Perfect Play podcast that's going to be coming out every month. And we have RSBN. And we now have the lookout for the next couple of days talking about all the big shit that's happening in Dragon Ball Super and the Dragon Ball universe itself. So, of course, RNC Radio is the place where you can go for shit like that. And we have more stuff on the way. Mills, what do you think? I think this is just the beginning. I think... Don't <laughs> all day. We're, we're gonna be podcasting and doing playlists all all day, all week, help every so week. Much, but I was, you know what? I'll just let it all speak for itself. It's going to be very good, very quickly. Yes, so. we have April's gonna be a big month uh, for us as well. So if you if you're not follow if you're not following us, if you're not tuned in, if you're not plugged in, we are the people to listen to. We are the A Show. Uh, thank you for listening. And next week. Uh, do we have anything special next week? I, I think we're all planning for our big go home episode, and I think we'll we'll announce it now on the go home week of the A show. I think it, it's safe to say we're probably not going to cover all of the regular Raw and SmackDown for the week unless something huge happens, which mm-hmm. uh, I highly doubt. But we're going to be doing a retrospective on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and and I think we should probably do a, a retrospective on maybe AJ and Nakamura because those are the two big matches there. That would be great, and we'll, and we'll spin up. Yeah, I, I think we'll spend the whole episode talking about that and we'll talk about how they got to this point and, and whether you know whether or not the push and the build has been what it's supposed to be. And I think the Roman and Brock uh, four-year build has been one of the most intriguing things in wrestling. And we could talk about from the moment that Roman won the Royal Rumble all the way up to this point, and we can really kind of get to the nitty-gritty of, of, of really what people think and, and you know how this, this match is going to play uh, in New Orleans on April 8th. Uh, it's coming up very, very soon. So, until next week, everybody. My name is Justin Davis. You can follow me at OG Johnny Five on Twitter and Instagram and anywhere else. And you can follow Meals on social media at Meals TV. That is M E E L Z T V. So, until next time, everyone. 
It's been the A Show. Please stay safe if you're in the snow, in the house, if you're in the rain. Till next time, peace. Happy Rusev Day.